want you to um, take a look with me over at Luke chapter 24. Luke, the 24th chapter. And uh, we're going to begin in verse 49. Everybody doing good tonight? Praise God. Luke 24, verse 49. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Now, notice that word endued. That word endued means to be clothed with power from on high. Jesus told his disciples that it was extremely important for them to tarry in the city of Jerusalem until something happened in their lives. And we know that they came and they gathered together in one accord. And let's look over at Acts chapter 8, or Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Acts, the first chapter, and the eighth verse, says this now, But you shall receive power, amen, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And then he goes on to say, And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the world. Then in Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, it says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. I submit to you that they were expecting an endowment, a clothing from heaven to come upon them. They may not have completely understood what it was, but they were there, they were ready, and they were expecting. And so it goes on to say, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled. Everyone say this with me. They were all filled. filled. It wasn't one of these things where some were filled and, you know, here that person was filled and that person over there was filled, but this person over here didn't get filled. No, the Bible says they were all filled. They were all filled. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And what did they begin to do when they got filled with the Holy Ghost? They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This phrase, they were all filled. I believe this, that everyone at heart of the bay ought to be filled with the Spirit. I don't believe that there should be anybody in our church that is not filled with the Spirit. Just as it is the will of God for all men to be saved... I know it's the will of God for all men to be filled. To be filled with the Spirit. To be filled with the Holy Ghost. To receive clothing, to receive an endowment from on high that will enable us to live here below. To live with a sense of purpose. To live with a sense of power. 
to live with a razor-sharp spiritual keenness so that we do not become dull in the last days, but that we become more on fire every day for God. Now, Jesus said, really, before you go into all the world, before you do anything, before you start anything, make sure that you're filled with the Holy Ghost. If that's good for them, that's good for us. Before a person goes to college, they ought to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Before a person gets married, they ought to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Before a person makes major life decisions, they ought to have the benefit of being filled with the Holy Ghost. Don't leave home without being filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now, last week I was in San Luis Obispo and I talked for a while to the ministers about keys to longevity. And I discussed the fact of it's so extremely important for us to be praying in the Spirit, not just when we feel like it, but praying in the Spirit on a regular basis. Praying in the Spirit is praying in other tongues. Speaking in the Spirit is speaking in other tongues. It is a supernatural means to communicate with a supernatural God from your spirit to the Father God who is a spirit. Amen. In this day in which we live, we cannot afford our spiritual batteries to be weakened. We cannot afford not to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. In uh, uh, 1 Corinthians, if you'd look over there with me, in chapter 14, and notice with me in verse 2. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 2, it says here, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifies himself. Now that word edify carries with it this thought, to charge one's self up. Remember this, that you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a physical body. And just like your automobile needs charging, your spirit man needs to be charged on a regular basis. For there are things and people and situations and circumstances that, quite frankly, are out to drain your spiritual battery. But if you know that already, and you know that going into life, you will do your level best to stay charged up. Amen. Notice this verse again. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifies himself or builds himself up. I'll just be honest with you today. I would not be leading today this church. I would not be in ministry for 40 years. I would not be pastoring the same church for 36 years without the benefit of praying in the Holy Ghost. There is no way that I ever would have made it through some dark days 
and through some difficult times if I had not had the privilege of praying and speaking in that heavenly language. Oh, hallelujah. Don't take it for granted. Don't ignore the third person of the Godhead who lives on the inside of you. Cultivate the habit of praising and worshiping and speaking in the Spirit. Amen? Amen? Raise your hands right now and let's just thank Him for that. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Now, here's what you do when you sense your spiritual battery getting a little weak. When you sense your spirit become becoming a little weaker. Maybe you're overwhelmed by something that's going on in your life. Or maybe that you had a goal, you had a vision that you haven't seen or you haven't realized yet. You know, the Bible says that heart hope deferred will make the heart sick. Or hope that is put off will make the heart to stoop. This is the antidote for a stooping heart. It is a built up spirit that comes by praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Oh, thank God. So here's what I do. And here's what you can do. You can do what Timothy did and what Paul told Timothy to do. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 1. Notice with me in verse 6 and 7. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Where would we be without Him? Man, what could we do without Him? A big N-A, D-A, nada, nothing. Without Him, we can do nothing. But thank God, you and I are not without Him. We've got Him living inside of us. Amen? So in 2 Timothy chapter 1, and in verse 7, of course, we've been talking about developing a strong spirit. And one of the drains that we need to eliminate is being fearful and being fretful. And so he says here in verse 7, For God has not given us the spirit of fear. But what has He given us? He's given us the spirit of power. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. The spirit of power is available, but not all Christians are receiving Him. Every person at heart of the bay should be, must be, of a needs be filled with the Holy Spirit. To have power from on high. Amen. For God's not given us the spirit of fear, but He's given us a spirit of power and a love and of a sound mind. Now notice with me in verse 6. This is a very key verse of Scripture. He says, wherefore, I put thee in remembrance. And so that's what I'm doing tonight. As I'm putting you and I'm putting myself in remembrance of the value of speaking supernaturally in other tongues by the Spirit of God. He says now, wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God. The Holy Spirit... The infilling of the Holy Spirit is a precious gift. But he can be ignored. And this gift can kind of lie dormant in our lives. 
if we don't do what Paul is instructing Timothy to do, and he had to remind him to stir up the gift of God. Anybody here ever had to stir up the gift of God? And it's wonderful when we come together, and it's awesome when we have corporate praise, and it's awesome when we have corporate prayer, united prayer. There's power in united prayer. But we do not come to this building 24 hours a day. We do not live unitedly 24 hours a day. We have a life to live. We have a job to go to. Some of you have children to raise. The value of stirring up the gift on the inside of you is of an utmost, ultimate importance. Amen. Stir it up. Stir up the gift. Stir up the gift. One of the best ways that I know to stir up the gift on the inside of me is by thanking God and being thankful for what He's done in my life. Wherefore, I would remind you to... Stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Beautiful verse of scripture. Now, have you ever in your life felt as though that in your spiritual life and in your spiritual walk, you were kind of frozen and maybe not moving forward like you'd like to move forward? Or maybe, have you ever felt like, you know, I'd like to be making progress, but it doesn't seem like I've made much progress lately. Now, we cannot judge things by the outside. We judge progress by the inside. Progress begins down here. And progress then shows up out here. Amen. Now, look at Jude 20 in, in the Amplified Version. Jude 20 in the Amplified Version. This is one of the biggest and greatest keys to enjoying and having a long life is having the benefit of praising God and worshiping God in the Spirit. It is awesome. Now notice with me in Jude verse 20. Jude verse 20 in the Amplified Version. I have it here, but I'd like for you to pull it up. Jude verse 20. There's only one one chapter in Jude. It's just Jude verse 20. Amen. The Amplified Version says, But you, beloved, build yourselves up. See, I think sometimes we look for someone else to build us up. I know that that can be true in church services. And I realize that sometimes people come in with... uh, very exhausted and very depleted. And I understand that. And this is a place for people to be built up. But it's God's best for us to build ourselves up. For us to stir ourselves up. I mean, as good as a worship leader, as Pastor Tom is, it's not his job to stir you up. It's not his job to build you up. In Jude verse 20, Amplified Version, says now, But you, beloved, build yourself up, founded on your most holy faith. Look at this verse. Make progress. I submit to you tonight that when you're praying in the Spirit and you're charging your inner man up, you are making progress. You may be praying about some things that your mind knows nothing about. 
And so he says, make progress, rise like an edifice, higher and higher by praying in the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I said this, and I'll say it again. I would not be leading to the level that I'm leading in without the benefit of being filled with the Holy Ghost. There's just no way. I've discovered this. That as I pray in the Spirit, what it does for me, in addition to other things, it creates a ballast on the inside of me. Somebody says, a ballast, what does that mean? Well, a ballast is material that is used to provide stability to a structure. And that ballast allows you and I to stand up on the outside and withstand on the inside and withstand pressure that's coming to us on the outside. It's like a ballast. Glory to God. You become unshakable and unmovable the fuller you are with the Spirit of God. So praying in the Spirit creates a ballast on the inside of us. So pray much in the Holy Ghost. Spirit-led prayer and praying in the Holy Spirit enables me to survive, number one, current circumstances. Anybody got any current circumstances (laughs) that are going on in their life? Now, we don't want to sit around and talk about what your current circumstance is and what my current circumstance is. We just know by virtue of the fact that we live in a physical body and this world is filled with demonic forces, there's going to be some circumstances. Right? But what praying in the Spirit will help you do, it'll help you survive the current circumstances. It will also enable you to sustain meaningful ministry. And I'm not looking at a congregation of bozos. I'm looking at a congregation of believers. I'm not looking at a a, a group today that does not know about ministry. Every one of you are ministers. Thank you for those three holy grunts and two, two holy amens. Hallelujah. Whatever God's got on the inside of you, whatever gift He's placed on the inside of you, He's also given you the benefit of staying filled with the Holy Ghost so that you may be able to sustain meaningful ministry. See, it's one thing to serve for one month. It's another thing to serve for 10 years. It's one thing to come to church a few times a month, but it's another thing to be so on fire for God that you can hardly wait till the church doors are open because you have a supply to bring in the house of God. Only spirit-filled people do that. Only on fire, Holy Ghost men and women are going to do that. I'm talking about being sustained throughout the months, throughout the years, on a snowy day, on a cold day, on a clear day, on a rainy day. 
when the saints are shouting amen or when the saints are saying crucify him. Sustaining meaningful ministry can happen for you and happen for me as we get filled and stay filled with the Holy Spirit. But not only that, when you pray in the Spirit of God, something happens on the inside of you. Some expanding starts to take place. This is kind of the time of year for expanding, but I'm not talking about that kind of expanding. I'm talking about expanding in your spirit. How many, let's be honest about it. How many of you have fellowship with God and prayed in the Holy Ghost and got a glimpse of some things about your future? I mean, you've seen some things and you know some things and you just know. You know, the, the reason why you feel as though there's more, because there is more. There's always more. There's more. Say it with me. There's more for me. There's more for my family. There's more for my church. Oh, hallelujah. So praying in the Spirit will help us to survive the current circumstance. Number two, to sustain meaningful ministry, but also will enable us to stretch to new possibilities. To new possibilities. And that, my friend, is vision. And only that kind of vision can come from Him. And it comes by fellowshipping with Him and getting with Him and praying much in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. I said praise God. You know, Sunday morning in the 9 a.m. service, we had such a a sweet presence of the Lord. And and somehow, some way or another, I got off on the infilling of the Holy Spirit and, and people just responded so beautifully. And it was just such a, a time for people to taste and see that the Lord is good. And I believe this, that lives were changed at this altar Sunday morning. I firmly believe that the lid came off for many of them. That the sky, hallelujah, is the limit now. That's what happens. God takes us on to higher dimension and to new realms in the Spirit as we open up our heart to Him. The second service, we had a similar thing happen, but I almost had to beg people to come to the altar. That should not be that way. People ought to be ready. People ought to be hungry. The Bible said, blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness. What will happen? For they're going to get filled. I don't believe that when the Lord says, be filled with the Spirit, that that's a suggestion. I believe it is a commandment. Look at Ephesians chapter 5. Well, I hope this is all right with you tonight because that's what's on the menu. Ephesians, the fifth chapter. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. (laughs) 
Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 17. I think we'll, we'll start right there. It says, Wherefore, be ye not unwise. Now, the mere fact that he told us not to be unwise tells us that the potential to be unwise is a very, very real thing. And so it tells us, Be ye not unwise, but understand what the will of God is. So we see here that he wants us to understand what the will of God is, and then he's going to tell us what the will of God is. How many of you want the will of God in your life? I mean like every day, every second. Put your hand over in your heart and say, Thy will be done in my life. Now I can remember when I got saved back in 1975, I got saved in the middle of March and on April 1st I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I, I never heard that there was a gift, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But I tell you, as soon as I heard about it, I wanted Him. I didn't understand fully what I was getting, but oh, I'm so glad I opened up my heart. I mean, I was in a living room with uh, Paul Arnopoulos. He's a Greek guy from Minneapolis. Got a tremendous, that's right. I got filled with the Holy Spirit under Paul Arnopoulos' ministry. Powerful man of God. And they fed the poor in Minneapolis for decades and years and years. Just a powerful man of God. And he would stand in the middle of his living room with about 50 young people like me. I was in my 20s. Just hanging on every word. And then they would sing these songs like, It only takes a what to get a fire going. It only takes a spark to get a fire going. And man, I tell you, that whole living room was just saturated and just filled with God. This is before a lot of the churches started, where there were home churches and such power and such great manifestations. And they asked, does anybody want to be saved? Well, I I wasn't sure I was saved or not. I was, but, you know, I said, well, yeah, I want to be saved. (laughs) And then he started talking about the Holy Ghost, kind of like I'm talking about tonight. Would anyone love... To be filled with the Spirit. Would anyone like prayer to be baptized with the Holy Ghost? I said, yeah. I was front and center. And then about a hundred hands were laid on me. And there was this heavenly language that I'd never heard before. And it was like, oh my goodness. It was like someone just washed right through me and filled me with power and things that were wrong in my life left and the Holy Spirit took up residency in my life. And I thought, what's this language? I like that. But I didn't speak in tongues that night. I didn't have any coaching. I didn't have any teaching. But 
something happened. And you know, all you must do is open up your heart to receive. And He will fill you with the Holy Spirit. Whether you get one word speaking in a heavenly language or whether you speak fluently in the realm of the Spirit, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. And I got filled that night. Then I went back to the little town where I was going to school and I'd lay on the bed and I'd listen to people like Brother Hagen and I would listen to people like Kenneth Copeland and I would hear teaching about intercession and I would just lay on that bed and I was told, just go with what you had. It might be one word. And laying on that bed, I began to speak one or two words. And then as time went by, I began to speak more and more and more Glory. and more Amen. in that glorious heavenly language. Hallelujah. Oh, it's a blessing. Amen. So, I was quick to want the will of God. You know, when I heard teaching, Jim Caseman taught about tithing. I thought he was talking about ties. <laughs> they want me to give my ties? Okay. I don't have any, but I'll give them. I mean, just a young guy, P.T., 24, 25. I said, what do you mean by tithes, Brother Jim? No, tithe. Tithing. And then I found out what tithing was. And the moment I found out that tithing was the will of God for me, I'm in. I'm in. And I've been in. For over 40 years. Tithing's the will of God. And I think that people need to have that same spirit of Lord. Whatever your will is, I'm in. So says, yeah, but you were young and, and you were zealous. Well, I'm older and I'm still zealous. Maybe they've told you, well, just hide and watch. It'll all wear off. 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. It ain't worn off yet. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. That's what they said about you. He never wears off. He's a holy guest. Not to be ignored. This gift that's on the inside of us must be nurtured, must be practiced, and must be developed. In verse 17, he says, Wherefore, be not unwise, but understand what God's will is for your life. Be not drunk with wine, Wherein is excess, but instead be filled with the Spirit. Everyone say, be filled. Be filled. With the Spirit. With Spirit. Now this is for people that have not yet been filled with the Spirit, but it's also for people that have, have been filled with the Spirit and need to stay filled with the Spirit. Because there's kind of a, a little play on words in the Greek. I don't understand much Greek. But basically what this is saying is, be not drunk with wine, but be being filled with the Spirit. 
This is in the continuous sense. That's why I like coming to church. Because I come to get my tank topped off. How about you? And then he says, this is how you do it. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns. And spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. How many of you got a song in your heart? How many of you sing in the shower like Pastor Tom? I sing in the shower. Today, I just, I was sitting on the couch. We're getting our house ready for window installation tomorrow. And we had kind of a lot of work to do. And, and, uh, you know, just kind of a busy day. And finally, I just sat down and I just, I need to get quiet. I need to worship God. I need to focus. I need to get some things done. But more importantly, I need to get, I need to get my spirit active. Yeah. See, you can get so busy in life that this spirit man becomes inactive. Yeah, that's true. And one of the ways that I activate my spirit and get filled with the Holy Spirit is by singing. Don't lose your song. Don't lose your song. So I put some songs on by Hillsong. And then I put some songs on by Elevation. And I put some songs on by Pat Barrett. And all of a sudden, I'm on my feet. And I'm like James Brown. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling really good. And then I put the theme song from Despicable Me on Happy. And I started running around the house because I'm happy. I'm happy in my God. See, it's a, it's a matter of just maintaining the glow. Maintaining the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And you know something? You can do it. But we need help to do it. Singing. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I talked to the ministers about that. I talked to them about living a carefree life. And, 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 and not allowing the cares of this life to come in and, and choke the word. And, and you know, not, not allowing yourself to... To grow weary in well-doing. You know, worry will weary you. Worry will fatigue you. And that's what he says, you know, that in Proverbs, that, you know, if you, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. We're talking about how to keep our strength, our spirit strong. By praying in the spirit. And so I talked to them just briefly about the, the, the absolute necessity in life as a minister, and this is true for all of us, of being thankful. And I encourage them not to compare themselves with someone else. Not to live under someone else's shadow. The only shadow we're under is the shadow of the Most High. Come on, somebody. And I talked to them about this, 
about placing great value on what God had put on the inside of them. You know, if that's good for ministers, that's good for all of us. You know what the Apostle Paul said about what God had called him to do? Paul said, I magnify my office. He didn't say, I magnify myself or I promote myself. But one thing I do for sure, I'm thankful for what God's put on the inside of me. And I'm going to magnify the Lord by magnifying my office. And I'm going to do my very best every day of my life to serve God. How about you? So be thankful then for what God has given you. And I said to them that he'll never give you more leaders or people if you're not thankful for who you have. If that's true for pastors and evangelists, that's true for all of us. It's true with our resources. It's true with our finances. I think we need to learn to shout over the little victories. Come on, somebody. We need to learn to shout over a dollar bill like we would $10,000. I said by the Spirit a few months back when I was teaching on Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving is the door for more. This is one way that you can live long and you can live strong is by being thankful. You'll always have something to be thankful for. One preacher put it this way, cultivate a lifestyle of thanksgiving. And as I was preparing for this message down in San Luis Obispo, I saw this verse, enter his gates with thanksgiving. And I believe the Holy Spirit just quickened me and basically gave me this thought, enter every day with thanksgiving. Before the day gets going, before the phone starts ringing, before Aunt Sally calls, enter your day with thanksgiving. Let's do it right now. Lord, we thank you. We enter our day with thanksgiving. Glory to God. It's the password, you know. Enter the password. And the password is thank you. Make yourself at home, talking praise, thanking Him and worshiping Him. Matt Hammond said this, and I wrote it down in my devotions. It's a tremendous, tremendous statement. He said this, If you want to cultivate gratefulness, Deliberately move your words and thoughts from what you don't have to what you do have. For you will always have something for which you can be grateful. We need to stop talking about what we can't do and what we don't have and be grateful for what we can do and what we do have. And when we do that, He'll begin to multiply it in our lives. I'm brought to tears sometimes, tears of joy, when I just look back and I remember what God's done for me. Yes. 
there's value in being thankful and remembering. That's why I drove 187 miles one way, 187 miles the other way, because I basically wanted to go back to an altar in my life where a man of God brought me the Word of God who is 75 years old now. I just wanted to be there to say, I love you and thank you. Thank you. I wanted to bring an offering to him. Remember. Remember what God's done. I thought about it the other day. The person that led me to the Lord back in 1975, I thought about him and I looked him up online and I heard some of his preaching and it's just made my soul happy. (laughs) Brother Lowell Lundstrom, who's with Jesus right now. But I don't want to preach much longer because I think you've got it. Remember. Remember. Why would God say, forget not any of His benefits? Why would He emphasize the the power in remembering? Because we can be forgetful creatures. We can get on this treadmill called life and get so consumed what's going on in our lives that we forget all that God has done. Now listen, in Lamentations 3, he says, This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because His compassions do not fail. They are new every morning. Can you say it with me? Great is thy faithfulness. Stand up, everybody. And let's just repeat those three words. Just a few times with hands lifted up. You see, when you lift up your hands, what you're doing is you're just saying, thank you, Lord. Let's say it a few times. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. One more time. Great is your faithfulness. God, you are so good. You are so faithful. Well, Lord, I believe I've done what I was led to do tonight. But before we receive the offering, we do not want to move over this too quickly. Before that we receive the offering, I just want to ask you, have you received the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, since you have believed? Have you been filled with power from on high? Have you received that endowment and that clothing that is so very necessary for us to live a victorious life? If you have not, I'd love to pray with you tonight.